Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're always there, God. You're always guiding. You're always leading. Help me to follow you completely, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us just to hear the still small voice of the Lord speak to us today. Hallelujah. To reassure us, to remind us. No, we're not alone. That He is for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God's Word is powerful. His Spirit, amen, draws us. And through His Spirit and through His Word, we have an opportunity, amen, to grow in Him. And every time we come together, it's, it's another opportunity. Amen. I want you to turn to somebody, tell them, say, I'm glad you made it to the house of God today. God is so good to us, and uh, we are smack dab in the middle of December now. For those of you that aren't aware, last Sunday was the first Sunday of the month. This Sunday is the second Sunday of the month. And before you know it, it'll be Christmas. Amen? And we are so thankful for those of you. I know there's people traveling. There's a whole slew of people next door today having fun with the kids. So I'm sorry that you're stuck in here with me. But we will do the best we can. Amen. Uh, you can be seated. I'm so thankful that you're here today. And I'm thankful for what God is doing. Amen. In this, this house, uh, this is not, the building is not the church. You are the church. Amen. We are the church. We are the house of God. And uh, so it's good that all of you are here because when we come together, uh, it's kind of like it just intensifies the presence of God. And we come and we worship, we celebrate together. And I want to welcome all of our guests that are here with us today and all those that are watching online. Thank you so much for joining us, being with us. Amen. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing those of you that are watching online. We're looking forward to seeing you in person before the year is over. That's a good, good deadline, right? Before the year's over. Uh, I, I read something the other day about this girl. Uh, she was 10 years old. She went with a group of family and friends to see Christmas light displays, various locations throughout the city. And they stopped at one church and, and got out to look more closely at a beautifully done nativity scene. And, you know, the grandmother looked at the little girl and said, Isn't that beautiful? Look at all the animals, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. The little girl said, yes, Grandma. It's really nice. I said, but, you know, there's, there's only uh, one thing that bothers me. And the grandmother said, what is it? I said, isn't baby Jesus ever going to grow up? He was the same size he was last year. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes... <clears throat> We laugh, but sometimes I wonder, 
for some people, if Jesus ever does grow up. Amen. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we're going to read together today uh, from Luke chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 through 7. Amen. If you want to, you can stand uh, to honor the reading of the word. I won't keep you standing long. Amen. Luke chapter 2. And those of you that, amen, know this is part of the Christmas story. Last, last week we talked about... Um, Anybody remember what we talked about last week? It's a quiz. You didn't know what was coming? God is with us. Amen. We're talking about heaven on earth. God is with us. And because of Christmas, we have heaven on earth. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, so if it varies from your version, that's what's going on that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. So a census needs to be taken. That comes from Caesar Augustus. This was the first census. Everybody say the first census. I didn't really pay attention to that. I've read the Bible a lot of times. Read this verse a lot of times. Never really realized or thought about the fact that it was the first census taken while uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. Cassie now knows what that feels like. Her days were completed. Last Sunday at 9 p.m., Cassie gave birth to Baylor Reagan. Amen. And so the church grew this week. I don't know. Is it ready? It's not ready. It is ready. There, There's Baylor Reagan. December babies are awesome. Amen. See, I, I kind of tucked that in there. You, didn't, you weren't expecting it. I'm trying to keep you guessing. We're excited about Baylor. And uh, then, this is what the Bible says, verse 7, And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. And I want you to get this last line, because there was no room for them in the inn. Wow. Just a lot of stuff to take in in one passage. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives today. Draw us closer to you and help us, God, to make room for you this Christmas. And God will give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. Amen. Thank you for standing. I have looked at this story uh, several times, like I I mentioned, and this time it spoke to me in a a much different way than it has spoken to me before. And... um, Maybe it was because of what my family has been doing this week. Moving. Yes, we we moved this week. For those of you that did not know that, Monday morning I picked up the truck. Monday and Tuesday until about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, we were moving. So we have been getting settled in. We sold our house. Many of you already know this, so I'm not breaking any news to most of you. We sold our house. We're getting ready to hopefully build this year, and so we moved to a different house, different location, and it was a process. It was a process. How many of you have moved in the last couple years? Anybody? 
Okay, you feel my pain. Yes, you, you understand, right? Uh, literally, Thursday, we had the Christmas party. I had to go buy a razor because I couldn't find my razor. And I, I looked like the wilderness, you know, guy, the, you know, Grizzly Adams or whatever. I, 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 it was bad. It was, you know, just anyways. So I was like, you know, I've got, I'm going to just buy a razor because I can't find it. So I finally found it um, after I bought the razor. You know how that goes. But... This is, this is the deal. So we were looking for a place. I was uh, trying to eliminate. My wife has certain standards of things that she likes and things that she doesn't like. Ladies, you completely understand that. We have been married for 22 years, and I have at least got a little bit of a clue now of what she will not go for. So I did the... the duty of going, and I booked several appointments, and I went and saw several places uh, that we would look at renting for the year, and, and I was really shocked. I, I, I mean, I've been out of this, haven't really thought about this for a long time, and uh, even though I used to sell real estate, I, I, I know quite a bit about the business, but I was shocked at what the rental market was like around here. I mean, it's either astronomically expensive or most of it's just nasty. Can I say that from over here? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I don't have a small family. I have three wonderful, uh, awesome children that look just like their mother and a little dog. And this presents a problem because most houses are built for families of four. I don't know why, but that's just the magical number. But we have five, and they're not little kids. You can't, like, sandwich them into a room together. Two teenage girls that are not a lot alike. Y'all know my girls. They're not a lot alike. And to top it off, we, we, we also really kind of need three bathrooms. You see what I'm saying? Because... Again, two teenage girls, right? So you're, you're understanding where I'm coming from. This is not a quick process. You know, it, it takes time to be beautiful, and you have to work that out. So three, we, we needed something kind of that really three bathrooms would have, was, was going to be ideal, and, and anything with three bathrooms was really high, and I was having trouble finding three bathrooms, and if it was three bathrooms, then it was only three bedrooms, and really, we need four bedrooms, and I kept looking, and everything was so high, and so I went, and I, I looked at several places. I even looked at the ones that were out of my price range that I was not going to pay, and I thought, oh, God, if I have to bite the bullet for a year, we'll just do it, and, and we'll get through it, but I came across one, and, and I, I walked in, and I, it was only a three-bedroom, but it was three bedrooms and three bathrooms, and I thought, surely, there's got to be, in this house, there's got to be a place. And so I went, and I, I was able to go downstairs, and I went downstairs, and lo and behold, there is a room. It's a bonus room. <laughs> it doesn't have a window, so it can't be considered a bedroom, but it was a bonus for me. <laughs> because this bonus room had its own bathroom. <laughs> Woo! And I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. You made a room for us. <laughs> 
you made a ruin. This is going to work. And so I took the family back, and we checked it out, and, and now we're getting settled in. And, and everybody has their space. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's so nice. And so I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this scripture, and I, I came across this again, and I, I thought, there was no room. There was no room for Mary and Joseph and the soon coming baby Jesus. There was no room. And I, I, I started looking at the story again, and I, I noticed that this was not a normal time. You know, moving around, being chaotic in the middle of what we now think of as the holidays, you know, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And this was for Mary and Joseph and the entire world at that time. It was an extremely chaotic time because the new government, uh, things were very chaotic. Things were out of the ordinary. Anybody relate with that? We know that this happened because it was prophesied previously where the Messiah, the Savior, would be born, and the Savior was to be born in the city of David. And so it had to be something that brought them from Nazareth to Bethlehem to where Jesus would be born. And so this was all kind of in the works, but Mary and Joseph weren't really thinking about that. They didn't really know this. This may not have made any sense to them at the time. So to the city of David, they had to travel with... Extra pregnant Mary. Hmm. Now, I don't know what it's like to be extra pregnant. I don't. And ladies, I applaud you. We, we, you do what we cannot do. Because I'm telling you right now, I would not make it. I just would not make it. Um, I do know what it's like. I mean, the, the worst suffering that I had was the air condition in the middle of winter, and I'm under five blankets. That's the worst that I had to endure, Right? But my wife, you know, she had to go through all the... I can't... You know, the doctor told her, whenever we came to this church, the doctor told her, we're getting ready to have our first child. And, and the reason, honestly, the reason why we're probably here at this church is because she wasn't allowed to travel the last couple months before the baby. <laughs> and then I got to thinking about Mary. <laughs> and uh, no, it's the law, Mary. You got to go. <laughs> no choice. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? In Mary, you don't read where Mary got upset or she's like, I am not going. It just it didn't happen. She's like, I don't care if we break the law. I'm, no, she didn't do that. She just went. Not an ideal time with all the mandatory travel and no room for people to sleep uh, in their small towns, their small hometowns with their now extended families that had grown and outgrown the town. It was not an ideal time for Joseph. I mean, poor guy, he's trying hard to take care of nine-month pregnant Mary, all the while obeying the law, not even being able to find a decent place for her to rest. He gets to his hometown, he doesn't even have enough connections to get a decent place to stay. It's not an ideal time for baby Jesus because he doesn't have any room left inside of Mary's body. He's ready to be delivered. He's about to go through some serious stress. It's not an ideal time for Mary because there's not enough room for her and Jesus on that donkey. <laughs> she had no choice. She had to go with her husband-to-be, even though she was about to give birth any day. It was not an ideal time for the innkeeper because he was turning away people and making people mad that had to be there by law. 
It was mandatory that they be there, but there's not even enough room for everyone. So everyone in the story has some form of chaos going on in their life. And this is how our lives are at times. We're so crowded. We're so busy. Things are not normal. They're very chaotic. And it's, it's usually at this time that we find out whether or not we have room for Jesus. Do we have room for Him in our lives? The Scripture says that there wasn't any room for them in the end, but apparently, somehow, someone had allowed them to stay in the barn. Somebody was able to make room for Jesus to be born. When life gets rough and things aren't normal, you have to choose to make room for Jesus. You you might have to clear some things out. You might have to move some other things to the side. You you may have to push some things out, but, but you need to make sure that you make room for Jesus because He's the one that can change everything. Amen? It may not make sense to you at the time, and right now you may think there's no good that can come out of what I'm facing, but make room for Jesus and you'll see. You'll see. I know life is chaotic and your life is crazy and the world seems like it gets worse every day and so many things are now out of your control, but one thing you can do, you can make room for Jesus. You can make room. When you make room for Jesus, you're saying, I want heaven on earth. Amen. When you get so busy and life is so chaotic and things are so out of control that you don't have room for Jesus, you won't have heaven on earth. But when you say, you know what? I don't care. we got to kick somebody out of the barn. Somebody's going to have to give up their room. We're going to have to do something because we've got to have room for Jesus. One of my favorite Christmas stories is about the old shoe cobbler who dreamed one Christmas Eve that Jesus would come to visit him the next day. The dream was so real that he was convinced it was going to come true. And so the next morning he got up and he went out and he cut green bows and he decorated his little cobbler shop and got all ready for Jesus to come and visit. He was so sure that Jesus was going to come, he just sat down and waited for him. The hours passed and Jesus didn't come. But an old man came, and he came inside for a moment, came to get warm out of the winter cold, and as the cobbler talked with him, he noticed the holes in the old man's shoes, and so he reached up on the shelf, and he got him a new pair of shoes, and he made sure that they fit, and that he had dry socks, and, and he sent him on his way, and, and so he got excited, and he said, maybe he'll come now, and so he waited, and he waited, but still, Jesus didn't come, but an old woman came, and A woman who hadn't had a decent meal in two days and she sat and she visited with him for a while and and then he decided he would prepare some food for her to eat and he gave her a nourishing meal and sent her on her way and then he got excited again thinking now Jesus will come and so he sat down again to wait for Jesus but Jesus still didn't come. And so he uh, heard a little boy crying out in front of his shop and he said, what's going on? And so he went out and he talked with the little boy and he discovered that the boy had been separated from his parents and he didn't know how to get home. And so the cobbler put on his coat and he took the boy by the hand and he led him home and And he said, man, I hope I didn't miss him. And when he came back to his little shop, it was almost dark and the streets were emptied of people. And then in a moment of despair, he lifted up his voice to heaven and said, oh, Lord Jesus, why didn't you come? 
And then in a moment of silence, he seemed to hear a voice saying, Oh, shoe cobbler, lift up your heart. I kept my word. Three times I knocked at your friendly door. Three times my shadow fell across your floor. I was the man with the bruised feet. I was the woman you gave to eat. I was the boy on the homeless street. Jesus had come, but the cobbler just didn't realize it. Your life and your family and your circumstances may not be in great shape right now. And things may seem a little bit chaotic and out of control. But don't stress. Just make room for Jesus. Make it a point that you have place for Jesus in your life. Make sure that you make it a priority that He has part or all of your day. Sometimes we get so confused about what's important and what's not important, and we're chasing this and we're chasing that, and before you know it, we've, we've gone all day, we've gone all week, and we haven't really spent very much quality time, and, and He's just looking for an opportunity. We talk about a lot that Jesus is the reason for the season, but sometimes we let the season drown the reason. When you make room for Jesus, in the end, even what looks bad, God will use for good. Even what looks wrong and chaotic and out of control right now, if you'll make room for Jesus and you'll put Him at the highest priority of your life, it will bring Him glory. And as I close today, I want to just tell you this. This is the choice of Christmas. The choice of Christmas is, will I make room for Jesus? Will I give Him all of me? Will I allow Him to have control of my life? Or will I just let things pass on by? Will I get so busy with the season and so busy with everything else that I have going on that I don't have room for Jesus. I want heaven on earth. I want peace. I want joy. I want all those wonderful emotions that the season is supposed to bring, but I won't find them without Him. The season will be empty, it will be bare, it will, it will just be another Christmas in the trenches, to quote Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. If I don't make room for him, if I don't say, Jesus, today is your day, whoever you want to bring into my life, whoever you want to lead me to, whoever you want me to, to speak to, God, whatever you want from me, I want to make room for you today. That's, that's your choice. You, you can either make room or you can be like the innkeeper. Hey, we don't have room. I don't know about you, but today, I want to choose to make room for him in my life. I want to make room for him in my family. And every, every time we come together, I don't want it just to be a formality where we sing some songs and we, we just do some empty calisthenics, you know, Pentecostal calisthenics, but, but, but we really make room for Jesus. I told our uh, leaders and platform people today before we, as we were praying, and I said, I want Jesus to move. 
So easy for us to lose our focus during the holidays. So easy for us to, to, to lose sight of what's really important during the holidays. And, and everybody gets in a hurry. And the preacher feels like, man, i got to preach quick and get out of there because their attention spans like half of, half of what it normally is. And it's because most of us don't have any room left. We've got room for Netflix, got room for ESPN, American Movie Classics, Hallmark Channel. We got room for Hobby Lobby and Town Mall and Best Buy. Oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, ladies. We got room for decorating, baking, all the wonderful things that go with this beautiful season. But do we have room for Jesus? Would you stand with me? Nobody can force it on you. Nobody can make you. Caesar Augustus sent out a decree that all the world needed to be registered. Everybody has to follow this law. Everybody has to abide by this. And today our society has so many things to keep us busy in this overconnected world that we live in. We're always making time. We're always making room for the things that we want the most. But my challenge to you today, if you want heaven on earth, is make room for Jesus this Christmas. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Jesus, in this place, there are hearts and lives that need to turn to you. God, we've been distracted by the things that have pulled us away, have pulled our attentions away from you. And God, we've been looking at some of the wrong things. And God, we want to focus on you. We want your will to be accomplished in our lives, in our families, in our church, and in our community. And so, Jesus, today, we slow everything down and we, we pause just right here, right now, to make sure that we have room for you in our lives. And God, as I open up this altar, I pray that you would touch hearts and lives and help them to respond to your word. I pray, God, that you would allow us to uh, block out every distraction, everything that would try to hinder us and help us, God, to move in your direction today and move closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. This altar's open. I wonder if you just make some room for it. I know you've got things to do today and you've got places you've got to be, but I wonder if you just have a little bit of room for him. Could you just make some room for him today? The more I seek you